Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Fancy Scientist podcast. I have a super special episode for you today. I got to interview one of my students, Melina Shack, about her experience transforming as a computer scientist into a career in wildlife, ecology, the environment. We're still working that out. Melina was actually my second student. And when I say student, I don't mean uh, an undergraduate student. I mean a student in my program. About a year and a half ago, I started a program called the Successful Wildlife Professional. And she was the second person to sign up for it. She had always been interested in careers in the environment and ecology, but she didn't know how to get there. And she took computer science because it was a more safe route. So in this interview, we talk about how she changed that through the help of mentorship and being in the program. And I hope this interview encourages you to pursue your career in wildlife, environments, or ecology if that is something that you are interested in. It's never too late just because you didn't graduate from college with a degree in that field doesn't mean you can't be in it now. So with that being said, let's listen to the interview and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Fancy Scientist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, an unconventional wildlife biologist who never fit the scientist stereotype. In this podcast, I share with you my insights as a scientist and offer you real talk on wildlife, research, conservation, and advice on this unusual career. Being a wildlife biologist is not what you think it is. Join me to learn what science is really like and how to become the best version of yourself so you can thrive, effectively conserve nature, and enjoy this beautiful life we share with so many other beings. Let's get started. Hi, Melina. Welcome to the Fancy Scientist podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah. Hi, Stephanie. Good to talk to you too. Before we get started in some questions, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your life before you joined the successful wildlife professional? What was it like and what were some of the things you were struggling with professionally? Yeah. So I guess growing up and as a kid, I always wanted to work in the conservation field, but I wasn't quite sure how to go about it. I studied computer science in undergrad and then I I worked at Amazon as a software engineer and that was good. I was making a lot of money, but feeling not very fulfilled. So anyways, I switched my job. So currently I work at NOAA Fisheries where I work as a web developer, writing software to help scientists collect data, analyze data, things like that. So yeah, I do the field I am in more. I just feel like at the time I was trying to do more work like the scientists, more like conservation work. Like I like the field I was in, but I wanted to change what I was doing. And I wasn't quite sure how to go about that. I talked to my coworkers about like their paths and like how, like what grad school they went to and how they got into their field. So I was trying to figure out like how to copy that 
path. Before signing up for the class, I was talking to all these coworkers, but I felt like I had a lot of questions and I felt like I was going to apply to grad school, but I didn't want to just always be bothering my coworkers, asking them so many questions. <laughs> I saw this program, like, it's a nice way to have someone to ask all these questions to, and then you're paying for it. So you don't feel like you're always bothering <laughs> someone. So I guess that was my main motivation for signing up for the program. And I feel like I had in the back of my mind, like an idea of what I wanted to do, but not really like a framework or roadmap of how to exactly do it. So kind of looking for some kind of clarity there. So that's what I was looking for before signing up for the program. So you grew up loving the environment and wanting a job in the environment, but you didn't know how to do it. Yeah, my parents took us to national parks and I always liked hiking. Mm -hmm. We go to the nature talks and learning about the different habitats of the environment. So that was all quite interesting to me. But when it came time to choose what to major in for college, I just kind of went with a safer route with mm -hmm. something where I would get a job. And that route was very clear to me. I didn't quite know what jobs there are in conservation. And I just knew like park ranger, things like that, which didn't seem very lucrative. And I guess I was at the time more influenced by my parents and stuff. They weren't like super encouraging of that. So I never really Really explore that path. And then when you started at NOAA, so NOAA is a National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association. Is that what the two A's stand for? I think it's administration. Administration. Yeah. yeah. Association didn't sound right, but I didn't know what the other A was. But NOAA works a lot on, as you mentioned, like fisheries and a lot of like marine conservation, especially. So you're working at NOAA. And I think you mentioned to me that you heard seminars that there were department oh, yeah. seminars mm -hmm. going on and that you were really interested in what the artists were doing. And that's how you got re-engaged into this field. I would say that's right. Prior to working at NOAA, I actually like didn't know what scientists do or what their job or anything. So every Wednesday they have these talks they're called monster talks or monster jam where they invite a scientist usually like a PhD or something from another college or somewhere and they just talk about their research and it was pretty fascinating to me just like how they run experiments and they would like go out in the field and collect data was really cool they were like focusing on real problems coming from Amazon we would focus on how to sell more things or how to make the latency of a click faster or things that are important to the business but to me do seem frivolous. But when I saw these scientists talking, they're talking about water pollution or salmon or things that seem actually quite important. That was interesting to me. And they all have these credentials like PhDs, associate professors. So I was like, I have no idea like how to get there. That's a really common challenge that people face. And that's one of the big reasons why I created the course, because like you, I just asked like everyone that I knew. And I started out first in college. So you didn't find out really until when you started working at NOAA. But in college, I would ask people, I'll Although I found out later in my senior year, junior, senior year, and then I had three internships. So each of those internships, I had a new batch of people to ask. So I wouldn't ever annoy somebody too much. And especially at Disney World, I worked with lots of different scientists. So I could ask a lot of different people. So now you're still employed at NOAA, right? 
but, yeah. but you also are now in graduate school. Can you tell us about that? So it's kind of like a part-time or it's geared to working professionals. Right now, my classes are on the weekend and then maybe potentially at night. It allows me to work and go to school. I just started in August, this program at the University of San Francisco in environmental management. I'm only taking one class right now, so I'm taking ecology. It's wrapping up right now. I just finished like the take-home final yesterday. Oh, wow. It's been pretty interesting. I definitely work (laughs) aside time for that. I talk to people and they're like, Oh my god, like you have to go to class on Saturday. And it's almost like a whole work day. It's like nine to four. And I feel like I'm doing something productive and something that I've always wanted to study. So I don't mind that. I think overall, the class has been pretty interesting. We only met four times, but the professor would bring people in. So we met someone who works at the Presidio and went on a walk there and some other alumni from the program. And then some guy who works with the Bird Society or whatever. Oh, Audubon? Yeah, Audubon. So it's been interesting because she showed us what different people are doing. And ecology in general has been pretty interesting too. Although it's a lot of reading and writing, which I haven't done in a while, so I had to get used to that. But other than it's been good. When I was in graduate school, I was surprised by how much classes are not really like classes is when you go to undergrad. I think a lot of people think that like I was just talking to somebody today who was thinking about going to graduate school, but they were apprehensive because they got so burnt out in undergrad. And I told them, I was like, it is a lot of work, but it's a different kind of work. Like you're not studying for tests. It's more like a job because your research is a job. If you're doing a thesis or a dissertation, you actually get a stipend for it in most cases. So most of your classes then have been like reading and discussion and writing papers and things like that. So I've just taken the one class. Oh yeah, one class, sorry. It's reading papers, like scientific papers, writing summaries on it. And we read our textbook, have quizzes on that. So that's what it's been. My next two classes are environmental chemistry and quantitative methods. So I think it's more math. You mm. Uh, not so much reading and writing. But yeah, this one has been like that. And you specifically applied for this program because you were interested or you love that the program set you up for a government job afterward. That's what it seemed to do. Yeah, I guess when I've gone to talks, I've heard people in academia and I don't think that's for me. I wanted more like a applied science kind of route. Um, some role in the state or federal government where you're kind of managing resources. And then the program, I like that you can also work at the same time. And that's the one I applied to. I didn't explore too much. A lot of people at my work, they went the way where they get paid to go to school. I'm paying to go to school. So I didn't explore that too much, but that might have been a good option too. You can always do that in the future. The main difference is one is just more research-based and you write a thesis and the other is not. And it's more like you mentioned, like reading and writing and they give you more applied work. And like you said, you can still graduate from that and be a scientist. I know you mentioned that you were unsure of some of the career opportunities out there. Has this helped you at all with 
understanding what's out there? And have you clarified more of what you want to do? Just still starting, but her bringing those people in has definitely helped. The last class she had an alumni who works for the Army Corps doing something like wetland. It's pretty interesting. So I could definitely see myself in that sort of role, but still a bit unclear. I'm going to talk to my advisor later today. Mm-hmm. I'm also hoping that will help. It's also been two months into the program, hopefully like like at least a year <laughs> or something. I'll know more info, but I'm learning more. If I had asked you a year and a half ago or two years ago that you would be in graduate school, would you be shocked by that? Or what would you think? So in the back of my mind, I always thought I would go back to grad school. But then when it actually came to it, like applying and thinking about maybe having to quit my job or things like that, then I was like, oh my God, no, I can't do that. I need to keep working. But in the back of my mind, I thought I would always do that. But like in practice, it was scary and hard for me to commit to. Did you think you would go to grad school for an environmental career or just graduate school in general? Since I started working at NOAA, maybe a year to back. I was thinking of applying to grad school, but it's kind of a lot of work with all the application and everything. And then I think like the deadline passed and I was like, okay, this year I'll do it. And talk to a bunch of coworkers. And then I just never got around to it. Then with this program finally did it. I guess I had a hard time committing to the idea because I felt like it was such a big change. Changing your current path, that was hard for me, even though I knew I always wanted to do it. Yeah. It's scary for anyone to step out of their comfort zone and try something new. And I know it's something that you went back and forth on for a while. I'm so happy you decided to do it because even if you decide it's not for you, at least you'll know that information and you won't be 60 years old and being like, what if I had done that? Even if Again, you do spend the money and decide that's not for you. You'll have that answer. Even now I go back and forth, but as I've taken the program more, I feel like this is like the right path, especially as I do more homework. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't even mind doing this. Like I... (laughs) kind of interesting reading about these things. Yesterday, I was spending five hours writing this thing and I don't even mind. So I'm like, that probably means something. Yeah. And writing is such a huge part of wildlife work. So that's good that you like writing. Reading about the different things to write about was interesting. So you mentioned in the beginning that the main reason why you joined the successful wildlife professional was because you wanted somebody to ask questions to. Is that correct? Yeah, a mentor, pretty much just someone to ask questions and advice and guidance. Yeah. And can you explain to people out there how that worked between us, how I was able to mentor you? Stephanie, there's a bunch of online material out there that you can go through. And in addition to that, there's the mentoring aspect. Once a month or something, you would have a Zoom calls. And beforehand, you can submit like any questions you have or things you're like wondering about. And then she'll set aside time on the call to address the One thing that was really useful was I needed to write an essay. So I was able to write my first draft and submit it to her. And then she like went over it like really thoroughly, like line by line, (laughs) which was super helpful. That really helped me because I didn't really know what they're looking for, like what I should be emphasizing about from my background or anything like that. I had no idea. She has experience with that. So that was the most helpful thing. And just asking questions and 
general that I don't know any quandaries you may have. And that's why I loved working with you from the mentoring perspective, because you came in and you were unsure of which direction you wanted to go in. And if you did want to do this, and then just different questions come up as you move through the different parts. One of your earlier questions was about grad school. And then we looked at grad school programs and if this was a good fit for you. And then when it came to applying, it was about your application and writing your personal statement. And you actually did so well on yours that they gave you a scholarship. So I was super excited to see that as well. You not only got in, but you got a scholarship and you just never know like what pops up along your journey. You're right. You can always ask me questions (laughs) and we do meet twice a month. That's the mentoring schedule where you can ask me anything that's on your mind or you need help with. What would you say to somebody who's on the fence for enrolling in the program? I would just emphasize like the mentoring part where you're very invested in your students and Thank you. honestly care about them. You definitely spend time to give good advice. So I think that in itself is pretty worth it. But yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. And like one of the things that I personally like about mentoring is that because I'm not associated with anyone, like I'm not associated with a university or I guess that's really where your advisors would come from, that I don't have any agenda. My agenda is to make you guys happy. So if you decided, no, I don't even want to go to graduate school, I'm going to stick to computer science. To me, that would be a, a win for you as well, like knowing that was the right decision for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, thank you so much. Is there anything else you wanted to share with the audience about your life now or about how you've changed before we wrap up? I guess I would just say I feel like I'm on some path and I feel like it's the right path, but I don't really know where it will lead or anything like that. I That part is unclear, but I feel like I'm on a right track, at least for the next two years. I don't know what will happen after that, but that's how I'm feeling now. Good. I'm so excited to see what happens to you. And maybe in two years, we'll have you for another interview to see what path you took. Are you an aspiring or struggling wildlife biologist, ecologist, conservation biologist, or anyone interested in a career with wildlife? Join our community, the Getting a Job in Wildlife Biology Facebook group. Based on my book, Getting a Job in Wildlife Biology, What It's Like and What You Need to Know, this Facebook group is designed to connect, support, and inspire future and current wildlife professionals or those who can't get a job. Come for daily affirmations to lead you to career success, job postings, and profiles of professionals in cool jobs. If you're struggling, feel stuck, lost, confused, or are just worried about this career, reach out to me at stephanie at fancyscientist.com to schedule a free clarity call. I've talked to over 100 aspiring wildlife professionals and those struggling to get a job, and they've told me what I also experienced. Degrees alone do not prepare you for wildlife careers. You need the right combination of experience, education, network, and skills to land the job you want. You also need to be able to convey that on a job application and sell yourself to the employer. I've looked at over 100 cover letters and interviewed graduates. I can tell you for sure they are selling themselves short, not listing all of their expertise and not marketing themselves effectively. 
I've talked to potential students who have dynamic personalities and sound so knowledgeable and experienced in person. But when I look at their resumes or CVs, none of that is reflected. If what you have been doing is not working, it's not all of a sudden going to start working. It's time to make a change. If you want to get your dream job in the fastest way possible, schedule a Zoom meeting with me today. No matter what stage of your career you are at, from high school student to graduate searching for jobs, I can help you. It is never too early or late to start. If this episode helped you or someone you know, make sure to tag me on Instagram at Fancy Scientist, at Fancy underscore Scientist, and share this podcast with your community to continue spreading the word and reach more people. Also, be sure to leave a review on iTunes to receive extra positive vibes and love from me. Plus, you'll be helping me reach even more people with this important message. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you.